Now you should listen to this because this concerns you. This is about a uh, evil genius in love. Evil genius mind. It woke me up from my sleep and I don't like it. No, you're an evil genius is what you are. If this works, you're, you're some kind of a, a evil genius. Honest to God. Hello and welcome to the Evil Genius Chronicles. I am your little podcast buddy, Dave Slusher. Welcome to the show. This show is being recorded for December 8th, 2023. Ho, ho, ho. First to business. The show is not work safe, not kids safe, not safe for anyone at any time. Do not listen to this show while operating a motor vehicle. (laughs) Use at your own risk. Apply externally. Uh. Bandwidth is via Cashfly under the kind umbrella of Backbeat Media. It's Creative Commons licensed, non-commercial attribution, 4.0, unported. Theme music is by the late great band, The Gentle Readers. They're at gentlereaders.com, more than just theme music today. I don't speak for my day job because I don't have a day job. Ha ha. <laughs> All right, here we go. It was pointed out to me, I believe when I left my previous job for the job I just retired from, I totally forgot to do the traditional thing, which is play the full version of the song from which my theme music snippet is taken, a song called Last Day at the Office by the Gentle Readers, which is just thematically, not only is it my theme song, but it's about the last day at the office. And uh, pointed out that I should do it this time, because not only is this the last day at the office, this is the last, last day at the office. So we're going to do it right now. This is... The wonderful generators. And by the way, um, I listened to it to get a level and found myself listening to almost the entire song because I was just mesmerized. I find this a mesmerizing, enchanting, like dreamlike song. There is a, there is, it is not luck of the draw that this is the theme song. <laughs> like it really, uh, it, it, it sucks you in. Okay, here we go. The full version of Last Day at the Office from the album High Honey by the Gentle Readers. Sad to 
All right. The full version of Last Day at the Office by the Gentle Readers from their album, Hi Honey. Now, I can't speak for you, but can we not all agree that is a one motherfucking good song? Holy cow. Uh, I really, it, it, it's also funny because there's basically three sections of the song. There's like the dreamy, and it's literally dreamy because uh, they're, Susan Fitzsimmons, the singer, is talking about a dream. And both the lyrics and like what she's saying and that kind of whispery voice is about this dream, and it feels dreamy. And then you have the middle section, the the guitar solo, which is, <laughs> you know, it's my, that is my theme. I have l- listened to that guitar solo thousands of times, and every time I enjoy it. But it's different. Like the guitar solo does not fit with the dreamy thing. And then after that, you've got like two minutes of like that droney. Uh, like outro and uh, kind of with the I guess it's the bass that's doing that throbbing like boom over and over while the in one ear like if you I'm listening in headphones and so one ear is that and then the other ear is like the increasingly uh, escalating piano riff which starts out real mellow and then gets like really worked up right before the end and uh, I just love it so much I love that song I love that band and I just love Susan Fitzsimmons' voice. So the across the entire discography, spoiler alert, I'm not that I am not the general reader super fan I thought that I was, because apparently they dropped an album like an EP uh like five years ago that I never noticed until just like last week. So I'm gonna play some of that stuff in the future. But I love Susan's voice. Um it just like just listening to her sing makes me feel better right and i don't know susan i'm pretty sure i've exchanged like a few words with her because i'm pretty sure she was working the merch table the day i bought my cd from them lee is the one that i've had the most the guitar player lee cuthbert who i've had the most interaction with she's been my point person for you know the theme music business and uh i have hung out with her when she was playing with paul melanson and so i haven't spent a lot of time with lee but i've spent some time i've interviewed lee for this show right i've in my, across my entire lifetime, I've maybe talked to Lee for 90 minutes. In an alternate reality, boy, I would be happy if Lee was just my best friend. <laughs> I really want Lee Cuthbert to be my best friend. I want to go hang out. I just want to, uh, you know, I just want to go like, we could just go watch like Georgia Tech basketball. I know she's a big, she's from Indiana. She's a big basketball fan. I would just go to basketball games with Lee. I would like that. We could go to the Lady Jackets games together and just cheer like crazy. <laughs> I like this life, this hypothetical uh, fictional life in my head. I like this life. And I will say, too, um, just sitting down listening to the song, uh, you know, as it was playing, I'm just sitting down, trying not to make any noise on the mic, and uh, just listening to the beauty of it and, like, Thinking about this relationship I've had with the generators all the time of this show, it just, I got choked up. My eyes got moist when I think, this song is so beautiful, and their music is so beautiful, and these people are kind enough to, like, let me use it. For We're almost at 20 years on this. And it's just, it's just so wonderful. Holy shit. It's just so wonderful. It just made me happy. So, get to the big, the meat of everything. Well, even before we get to the meat of everything, let me say, this is take two of this show. I re- I'm recording this to open the kimono. I'm recording this on a Wednesday morning. I recorded the show on a Monday morning. 
I'm starting a new structure that I hope sticks. Is Monday morning, I go into my office as if I were going to a job. I punch the clock. I record a short show for the patrons, and I post it to Patreon. I do it soup to nuts, post that. And then when that's done, I sit down and record a full episode of this show. So I hope to do this approximately weekly for the rest of eternity, until I drop dead. Which is hopefully not, you know, (laughs) hopefully that's far off. Not soon. That's the plan. So I did that. And then Tuesday morning, I sat down to edit it. And I listened to it, and the mic, you know, previously, I uh, this is the first time I have set everything up uh, with all the equipment not being shared with my day, do- day job computer. So it's all, like, set up, and something was just amiss. And the level was just off. Even though the level, like, I watched the meters and audio hijack. Level was not too hot. But the sound of the mic was overdriven. Not, I mean, this show was not unlistenable. It was not unlistenable, but it was just crunchy enough. And I was like, like, fuck me. Like, ah, a long time ago, back when I was doing reality break, I cut a corner and I recorded a show with Robert Sheckley uh, when I was in Portland and there was some interference and I tried to EQ it out and it made the show a little muddy. I lost affiliate stations because of that. They said, we, we, we can't, this is not broadcast quality. We can't, we can't have this. I was like, mm. so I just decided to not do it. So I'm taking the effort for you, my beloved listeners, to uh, uh, re-record the show. Hopefully better. I've had this problem with interviews, right? Where something happens, you got to go back and ask the same interview questions. And typically, they're very rote the second time, which is why I learned, don't ask the identical question. Even if you're talking about the same subject, ask it differently. You know, so they come out at it a different angle that's fresh, and they don't just repeat it as if they're reading off a cue card. Uh, counterintuitively, with the podcast, a lot of times, if I have to re-record, it's better the second time because I'm... I've thought about it more. I've essentially had a first draft. And so the show you hear is a second draft. So you are, in fact, hearing the second draft of the show. This will, um, as I get the tool chain together, this will necessitate something being different, which is I've been farting around using Descript as the podcast editing tool, right? I hate to say this, but it has AI in it, right? It takes your your speech, it transcribes it with a, you know, some sort of whisper-like technology, and then your the interface you edit it with is the words. Like you can take out one word instead of dealing with the audio waveform like in Audacity. Now, I will say after, you know, 20 years of editing the show in Audacity, I can take a cough out without listening to it because I know what a cough waveform looks like. So there, there is a little bit of that. I have found Descript kind of pretty pleasurable to work with. And this is one of those things uh, that I've wanted to use for years, but this is one of the hits I took for using Linux as my main computer, is that Windows and Mac only. And so now that I have the cheap Mac uh, as my podcast machine, um, I can use Descript. However, when the output was relatively low, you get one hour of transcription free per month. And I was just under that. And I used that hour to pull it into Descript on Monday or Tuesday. And then I listened to it. I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I have to throw this away. So now I need another hour, which means today is the day I have to start paying for Descript. I knew it was going to happen, you know, unless I only do an hour of show a month, which is never, you know, I've never been happy about that level of output. Um, you know, here, here we go. 
But because, as has been mentioned in the past, I am now retired. In the first recording of this show, I had been retired about one business hour when I sat down. The weekend wasn't, I don't even really count the weekend because the weekend was the weekend. I would normally have that off. It wasn't really until you started getting into Monday that it was even a retirement. And even then I recorded, you know, it was like nine or 10. It wasn't, I mean, I may or may not have been at the the desk working at nine or 10. There were times when uh, I was more and less uh, Johnny on the spot <laughs> with starting my workday. Now it's actually been a couple days and it does in fact feel different. The ceremony, some of this is my fault. Uh, like I didn't have a lot of ceremony at the day job. Um, the last week I did a presentation. My boss had asked me to do a presentation on how to do public speaking, which is kind of funny to do a speech on how to give a speech. Very, uh, very meta. But, you know, part of my whole role was like doing that sort of thing. And so I was happy to do it, you know, and it was just, it wasn't really high level stuff. It was just kind of like come to Jesus stuff, like more motivational talk than anything else. Like I gave what tips I could, but mostly the talk was like, don't be scared. You can do this. I know you can do this. I know you can do this. That was the talk. And so, you know, as part of that, I did mention that I was retiring. And this was a, like the developer meeting. So the whole, basically the whole engineering group was there. And so, you know, there was a little bit of, you know, people were a little bit of congratulations came out of that. I didn't write the big going away email, you know, that you CC to everybody. I just didn't feel like doing that, honestly. Um, you know, it's very typical. The thank you, everybody email that you CC to the whole company, uh, you know, with your phone number and or email address. Part of it is uh, I'm Googled. <laughs> I have a kind of a somewhat unusual name and a huge internet footprint. If you cannot find me, you're not trying. So I didn't really feel anybody who wants to find me, who puts the slightest effort into it, is actually going to find me. That's not a big problem. And then also there was a little bit of, uh, I was going to uh, say a goodbye uh, message in Slack right before I sent the laptop back. And there was uh, cross wires and I had been told the accounts would be shut off when I gave the say so. And then I got the shipping label and got everything ready. And I was like, all right, let me make this post right before I wipe the machine. And I open up the laptop and everything's already shut off. It's like, well, fuck that. <laughs> I guess that ain't happening. Whatever. So I wiped the machine, put it in a box, sent it back. It's been delivered done. So like the last real task I had to do was send the laptop back. That's been done. So, uh, you know, done and dusted, as they say, from the same land that has Sidiuminium. <laughs> and uh, so now it's real and it is a couple days more real than it was. Uh, an interesting thing uh, that has fallen out of this and it happened a little at work and it has happened, you know, from that LinkedIn post is older people, like people roughly my age, and in some cases, people I've worked for who are older than me, they don't have to be. I've, you know, for the last 15 years, I think most of my bosses or all of my bosses have been uh, either one year older than me or younger than me. <laughs> it just happens when you kind of get to this point in, in the career. A lot of people are asking for advice and like, oh, you're retiring, you know, not 65, younger than 65. How did you do that? And I really have not a lot of satisfying advice. You know, the, the 
get disciplined 20 years ago if you're really serious. That's, you know, not <laughs> a lot I can tell you. Buy Apple stock in 2000. That's not <laughs> that's not really actionable advice. There's not a lot I can tell anybody, really. I, I entertain that. I'm willing to talk to anybody, but I don't have a lot to say to you. If you're young and you want to do this, get disciplined, get routine. Uh, it doesn't even matter so much. I mean, we don't want to talk about the ins and outs of what you do with the money, but get yourself on a plan um, and get used to saving, particularly like if you're young and let's say you, you're like you're living close to the edge. You don't have a lot. Save anything. Save $10 a week is better than $0 a week because now you have the habit. And then every time you get a raise, pick a thing. Like say you get a raise of $1,000 a year. Up your savings so that a quarter of that raise or half of that raise is going to savings. And do that every time you ever get a raise for the rest of your life. And you're still getting more money in your pocket, but you're also saving more. And you're not, you know, you're not taking, it's not a net loss of, you know, a net lowering of what you got in your stuff. Just always make sure that your say that your raises and your pay increases. You know, if you get a new another job and you get a 10%. Uh, you know, 10% higher salary, put three or 4% of that in savings, you know, just off the top before you even get the first check, just, you know, be routine about that. And then, you know, there's ins and outs of how you invest it. And that's really up to you and your, uh, your tax advisor and your financial advisor. But I, I, I can't tell you how to live that part, but I can tell you that if you're 22, um, there is nothing, no asset you have that's better than time. That is the greatest asset you have. So starting at 22 uh, is better than starting at 32. And it's way, way better than starting at 42. Okay. So start young. I have for the past, I forget when we bought it, seven years, maybe been playing the PS4. It was originally bought as a Christmas gift for my kid. And we kind of discussed whether we were going to get a PS4 or a Switch. Turns out Switch would have been the better gift at the time. Uh, the kid has since bought uh a switch with their own money. So, uh, you know, there's now a switch and a PlayStation in this house. And how many years has the PS five been out Two at this point? Um, and I wasn't necessarily on fire to, uh, upgrade. I'm not a, if you've listened to the show, you know, I'll upgrade, but I'm not day one upgrader pretty much for anything. I'm not going to stand in line for an iPhone. I'm not even going to own an iPhone, but I'm not going to stand in line for a new Samsung. Typically what I do is I upgrade my phone to a model right after the model after that has been <laughs> released and that goes on sale. I'm, you know, that's kind of how I upgrade. So the PS4 mostly, the vast majority of what I use it for is to play Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 2. Not the most challenging <laughs> game. <laughs> you don't need the most polygons in the world for this thing, right? It's not that challenging. Um, but one of the things that I did like playing a little bit was Cyberpunk 2077. And, you know, the whole kind of stuff about the disastrous launch, which at this point is two years in the past. Um, and I was so excited going in. And then I could sort of, like many people, the uh, that excitement kind of evaporated over time. And then I saw these articles about how there's a new... Um, patch release that makes it effectively a new game and that this is the game that probably should have been released and then everybody would have a different opinion of it if this is what rolled out the door. And I'm like, oh, that sounds great. Then I look and they say, on the PlayStation, this patch upgrade only available on the PS5. Not, they're not backporting it to the PS4. I'm like, oh my lord. 
And so that was kind of the, that sort of tipped me over the edge. I was like, ah, PS5. It's like, it's like 500 bucks. Do I need to spend 500 bucks on a silly thing? You know, I don't have a job now. Do I need to spend 500 bucks on this? Well, separate thread. For many, for years now, basically, I think since the dialysis era started, which more or less corresponded to uh, grandpa uh, seldom driving at this point, never really, he has no business ever being behind the wheel of a car again. You know how old people are. It's hard to convince them of that time, partly because it's, you know, that's like one of the last bits of autonomy. Now you're saying you're effectively helpless. Uh, you you need somebody to get you around. You'll never get yourself around again. You know, so that's kind of a bitter pill to swallow for certain kinds of old people. A lot of times I would go and we'd do something and he would just want to hand me a wad of money. And for the longest time, I resisted that. I would refuse to take it. And I would say, if you're going to start paying me, you can't afford me. I say, you only really have two. There's only two pay scales here, which is free and you can't afford it. And he's like, ah, take this money. So I eventually hit a point where I was like, yes, I'm tired of arguing with this old man. I just take the money. I stick it in my pocket. And then when I would get home, I would throw it in a can. And I had a can on my desk and I would just throw the wad of, I never counted it. I didn't, I don't know how much he was handing me. So a wad of money. I would throw the wad of money in the can. So then when I was starting thinking about this PS5, I said, how much money is in that can? And I pulled it out and I counted it. And bearing in mind, you know, the, the, the PS5 I was looking at, depending on like if you get the Spider-Man 2 bundle or stuff like that, they range from $500 to $600. And I counted the money in the can. It was $385. And I said, looks to me like uh, Grandpa has funded about 78% of this PS5. And by the way, since, since I bought the thing, he's handed me more money. So he may have funded the thing entirely at this point. I don't know how much. I don't know how much extra I have. So I bought the damn thing. That's like my retirement gift to myself via grandpa and his weird wads of money. <laughs> um, but that's, you know, the funny, here's the irony of that is this is now Wednesday. I've been retired since Monday morning. I haven't turned the thing on. My mental picture of what it would be like involved things being a lot more chill. Part of it is, and I think some of this is just, a function of it being the early days is we got a little bit of a backlog. Like there's shit that needed doing that was, uh, you know, having a day job kind of occupies the day. I could do stuff. I could make phone calls. I could run errands. I could do things, but you know, it's in and around the thing. The fact that now all that stuff is like my primary focus suddenly moves a bunch of backlog stuff to the top. And so that backlog, you know, should go down over time. So it should get chiller i expect this in first month like the entire month of december up through you know the beginning of the new year um to be a less chill part of retirement than one might hope for i am expecting once the new year starts for it to be a little bit different so we'll we'll see how that goes um i did get i'm pretty sure my friend chris campbell listens to the show um I don't know that Chris has ever said to me in those words that he listens to the show, but he'll talk or I'll get a text from him or something will happen and he'll he'll uh, clearly have knowledge of things that happen in the show, such as Chris knows I'm in the pencil world now. And he reached out to verify my address recently, and I had no idea what was coming. I kind of thought it was going to be some old WREK stuff, right? 
Chris is my friend from college. We worked at the college radio station together, which I did math on that, which is kind of horrifying. And I realized, oh, that's over 35 years ago. So we've known each other more than 35 years at this point. Uh, you know, we're getting to the point where the people I met year one of college, it'll be 40 years ago. It's like, yikes. So, but Chris, I got this box from Chris Monday and it was extremely thoughtful. He sent me a box of retirement gift stuff, which included pencils and a gift, uh, a, a gift card to a pencil uh, shop in Atlanta, which was right around when we stayed at that Airbnb last year, we were right around the corner from there. Um, and I think, and Chris kind of lives generally in that area, not like not super far from there. And there was a jigsaw, a, a pencil based jigsaw puzzle. So, uh, and the card was something like, here's something to do in your retirement. We got that thing, you know, we got home Monday, opened the package, you know, f between five and six on Monday. The kid and I see that it's the jigsaw puzzle. And it actually is all, usually a holiday tradition around here is like close to Christmas. We'll grab a jigsaw puzzle. We usually get a new one every year and then the family will work on it, you know, and it's just kind of fun. So this one, we just started. <laughs> We actually didn't. <laughs> Mom can't really be involved. Mom's uh, busy uh, getting school stuff together uh, always at all times. So uh, we started working on this Monday night and we did, you know, the edges and kind of the stuff. The kid was actually because of the nature of this thing. It's like a bunch of pencils. So it was a very horizontally based <laughs> jigsaw. Like you can put together the things based on the pencil. It's got a very different assembly pattern than other jigsaw puzzles we work. And so the, the the kid had actually put together chunks of this thing. And so then Tuesday morning, I got home from school drop off and I said, I'm going to work on this a little bit. And I kind of finished, mostly finished up the edges. And then the places where I could, I hooked the like the sub assemblies the, the kid had to the edge and I kind of got things together. I'm like, oh, that's pretty good progress on this puzzle. I said, I'm going to work on it a little bit. This is, you know, 845, nine o'clock when I get home from uh, the school drop off. I said, I'm going to work on this for a little bit. And I worked on it. Next thing I know, my watch is buzzing. It's 1145 and I need to go take grandpa to dialysis. And I stand up and my legs are sore and my back is stiff. And I'm like, and I look down and I'm like, you know, this puzzle's like tsh, over halfway done at this point. And then when everybody got home from school, kid and I worked on it uh, and we finished it before bedtime. So we did that puzzle in about 28 clock hours. It was like basically two evenings and then I worked on it on the day between. So this is like a chunk of my Tuesday. I had to, like after I got back from dialysis, I had to say to myself, I'm not working on this puzzle because this is going to, for one thing, I don't necessarily want to finish the whole thing without uh, and the kid being involved anymore. But also it's like, I'd like to actually do something behind this puzzle. So anyway, thank you to Chris for that really thoughtful gift. That's, I'm gonna be honest, I don't give gifts this, this thoughtful. I probably wouldn't have even thought about sending a gift. Like, I guess Chris is retired. Chris left his job maybe a year ago, two years ago. Um, and I don't know that Chris ever said, I am retired. I think he left the job and said, I'm going to figure out what to do. And he has not taken another one. And I don't know if Chris is going to take another one. So <laughs> that's sort of a soft retirement. It, it actually works better if you know you're going to retire. You make a big ceremony about it. <laughs> you know, that's that's a whole thing. But uh <clears throat> Getting a little throat tickle. I'm going to stop right there and drink some. Mm. Ah, here we go. Oh, thank you, Ember Mug. Not only is the coffee from today. Oh, it's a beautiful 140 degrees. Oh, that's good stuff. One more sip.
Could I thump the mic a little more while I drink the coffee? One of the things about uh, retirement, I've always thought that this was one of the great pleasures of life, is being out and about doing stuff in the middle of a workday on a Tuesday, a Thursday. This has happened in my life um, rarely, but it happens sometimes. It hasn't happened since I worked from home, but in the days when I used to go to an office, there was a time where I worked at Piedmont Center. It was like a series of, you know, like six to eight story office buildings kind of in a cluster right there where uh, Roswell Road and Peachtree Road kind of come together in Atlanta. Am I saying Roswell? No, 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 no. Peachtree and Piedmont. Uh, And it's a very kind of. It's in the city, but it's a very suburban thing. Lots of office parks, lots of strip malls. It's like your standard stuff. I was working for a startup, and this was, you know, early 2000s. So we did not have a bu- – there was no AWS. There was no Azure. So uh, we had a bunch of machines in a server room, <laughs> some of which are sitting on the floor, right? Some of them are in rack. Uh, probably not a real rack. Probably like just a cheap Harbor Freight metal shelf or something. Home Depot shelf. And somewhere in the middle of the morning, we hear this big boom. Boom. And then some so clearly something in the building is amiss. Didn't sound like an explosion, but it didn't sound good. Whatever floor we're on, maybe we're on the third floor and on the fifth floor. It feels like it was two floors above us. A pipe burst uh in the bathroom. And immediately what happens is water starts trickling into the floor above us. And then that floor starts getting soaked and water starts trickling from the ceiling to the, to us. And when this started happening, immediate panic. I was like, what the hell is happening here? So immediately, like everybody's going into panic mode to, uh, turn off computers to get these computers on the floor, off the floor to where they won't be sitting and standing water. Uh, you know, like all this kind of stuff. And, we, you know, this is a couple minutes of frantic activity, at which point somebody comes around and says, you've got to get the hell out of this office, right? A a, a building that's flooding, uh, like an office, multi-story office building that's flooding is for many reasons, not the sort of thing you want to be in. You know, drowning's not really the issue, but who knows what this is doing to the structural integrity of the building, right? One would think that it's full of, you know, concrete and iron and rebar and stuff like that, but I don't know. I don't know that, well, we don't know the ceiling isn't going to start collapsing on us. You know, all, what, who knows what's going to happen? And uh, so we got to get out. And it's, you know, I don't know what the exact time, let's say it's 1030 on a Tuesday morning. And this is also the era, you know, our computers that we worked on, they were not laptops. They were workstations that sat on your desk. So there's no capacity to work anywhere that's not in the office. It's Tuesday. We're free. <laughs> we're out and about. And uh, I'm pretty sure I went to either a Borders or a Barnes & Noble and got myself a coffee and sat there. And at that time, it was probably right around the time I was getting interested in Postgres. So I probably was like looking at a, a O'Reilly books or you know, a press books, a pragmatic programmer books about Postgres or Ruby. That was kind of like, it's it probably ahead of Ruby on Rails, but I was interested in Postgres at that time. So, uh, you know, and, and it was enormously pleasurable. And at any time where that happened, where um, for reasons outside of your control, you just get to be out and about and you get to go to, you know, a store uh, that's normally busy, but it's, you know, 10 in the morning or 
2.15 in the afternoon. Boy, did I have I always loved that. Like, that's like a fantastic pleasure of life. And I got a little bit out of that, you know, being a remote, you know, work from home type person, which is, you know, I had more flexibility in my schedule than when I had to show up uh, and warm a seat. So I would always, let's say it was morning and I was going to get a haircut. I used to always get so mad at myself, you know, the, the like the errands of life, a haircut or a oil change or stuff like that, or going to the post office. If I, you don't want to do that between 11.30 and 1, because that's when everyone's doing that. The lines at the post office are long at noon, and they're short at, you know, uh, 2.12. You know, so I would get mad at myself when I would fart around, fart around, fart around. Now it's 11.45. It's like, I don't want to go get the goddamn haircut anymore. <laughs> if, you know, I'm going to get a haircut today, and I'm not going to do it between 11.30 and 1. It will take a while to sink in that like the whole rest of my life is that I get to be out and about on my own recognizance uh, on work days. And <laughs> it is pleasurable. Now, here's what I have said. I'm going to wait until the new year to even post this to LinkedIn and kind of set this up. While I will never get another badge, I don't expect to. I, let me not say the word never. You know, Sean Connery learned this the hard way. Don't uh, don't say never. My intention is to not have another full-time W-2 job again. I could take a contract um, if uh, the combination of the thing to be done plus the money to be made hits a certain threshold. Like, I'm not going to just do a boring job I don't care about unless it's a shite load of money. Then I might do it. Conversely, uh, you know, I will do it. I'm not going to do a job for low money unless it's something I really, really like or it's a cause I really believe in or there's got to be something to make me want to do it. In general, uh, you know, you're not competing with another job. You're competing with no job. And that's a that's tough competition to win, right? No job is pretty, pretty compelling. So uh, but the thing is, I will not ever take one of these contracts in the month of December under no circumstance. Am I going to do a job for anybody in the month of December? Basically between Thanksgiving and New Year's. I'm also not doing any job for anyone between Memorial Day and Labor Day. So when the kids out of school, I am not taking any job, even a low uh, commitment, few hours a week uh, contract job. I'm not doing that. Even that, I'm not going to do that in the summer. Like I am fully present from, you know, for the entirety of summer vacation. Now, that doesn't mean that the kid won't spend some or all of the summer holed up in the room playing the Switch and or talking to friends on the cell phone. But I'm available for anything at any point all summer long. A trip or a spontaneous whatever, water park, whatever. I'm available all summer from here on out until the kid leaves home and we're empty nesters. I'm available all summer. So that's kind of like that's how I'm like organizing and structuring my life. So I'm uh I'm super good with that, right? <laughs> so as I say, this is we're now, you know, 18 business hours into my retirement. Um it doesn't feel that transformative, but uh you know, uh I think it will. <laughs> Especially it will I didn't really want um I don't want the entirety of my retirement to be chugging through to-do lists because at that point, I told this to one of my coworkers. It was like, if you do that, 
if you went from a job where you know you have your KPIs and your you know annual review and your output and that you're measured on, and then you switch it to doing that for yourself in retirement, you've really just made a lateral move and you've traded one boss for another boss, and the second one pays for shit. So that is, I don't want to have a, like an output based, like I succeeded if I did a lot of shit today. That's not, uh, that's not what we're trying to achieve here. So hopefully like once we get over the hump of getting the mulch down and getting the, like the stuff, I also, you know, I'm going to get a certain amount of, um, routine, a few like weekly routines, like Monday morning, I take out all the trash. I run it all to, to the dump. Like t- empty every can in the house, whether it needs it or not, so that we have all fresh trash cans every Monday morning. And, you know, like stuff like that. I will sort of figure that out over time. My goal is like if I to not have more than one thing like that on the same day. So maybe, you know, whatever Tuesdays I mow the lawn or I don't know what the, th- you know, <laughs> whatever the things like that would be, um, you know, th- they'll kind of emerge over time. I've got all kinds of freedom to later today. I'm as I said, I'm gonna run to the post office at an off time. I'm gonna get a haircut at an off time. And the uh comic book store that I go to was it wasn't super far away. It was maybe 10 miles away. It was down by Coastal Carolina University. And it's not it was not a burdensome drive, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't super convenient. Like I would drive by it on the way to and from school drop-off, but it's closed then, of course. Uh you know, so it's it's kind of generally out of the way. Unless I'm also doing school pickup, so I'm driving by there in the afternoon, I wouldn't be there at a time they're open. Well, they moved from there to downtown Conway. So now instead of being like 10 miles away and, you know, like a 20-minute drive, now they're like four miles away and like an eight-minute drive. <laughs> There's two main bridges that lead from Conway itself towards the beach and I don't have to cross either one of them to get to the comic shop. So uh, it's in the downtown little downtown shopping district. So uh, I think I'm going to go by there today. I might go from, I haven't ever been a pick up the comics every Wednesday for a very long time. Probably not since I worked in the comic shop and I was there every Wednesday anyway. But you know, for a while my shop was up in North Myrtle beach was, which was a long ass drive. So I went there like once a month. Um, and even so, like with this comic shop, I never went every week. I maybe would go every two to three weeks, um, unless I just happened to be there. You know, the the dealership I would get my oil changed at was across the street. So uh, if I had to do that, you know, I would already be there and I'd go by. So now I will probably go every Wednesday, even if I have like one or two comics, I'll just go by and pick those two up, you know, because it's right there. So this is this is how the life is shaking itself out. <sighs> Boy, I expanded longer because I only did about half. <laughs> I only did about half of the bullet points on the note. I, I, I'm not going to do a really thorough postmortem between the two episodes. Like, how did I talk about the same subjects at so much greater length this time? I don't know. I don't really care. I'm not going to uh, do that analysis, but it is interesting. That just means I got more to talk about next week. Thank you. But before I go, don't forget that I got to do this. And now it's time for something we call the reading of the patrons. The following people went to bit.ly, bit.ly slash EGC Patreon, 
and they pledged to support to keep the shambling mess shambling. Thank you to the following people. Derek Coward, Adam Rittenauer, Ken Kennedy, Paul Fisher, Arhuli, Robert Harvey, Paul Smith, Andrew Heron, Grant Bachoco, Tony Ewing, Craig Stepp, Paul Reynolds, Shannon Nelson, Charlotte Kennedy, Leah, the Enigmagic Angela Lee, Chuck Tomasi, Stuart Maxwell, Michael Butler, Bruce Lerner, Skeeter Murphy, Robert Gibson, Len Edgerly, Melissa A. Bartell, Andrew Howe, Michael Street, Neil Forker, Dyko, Brian Springer, Rob Usden, John Gehring, Wayne Pittenger, Brian Jones, Joe Pollock, Jeff Dangle, J.P. Shippard, Steve Holden, Brian Hogan, and Matt Beckwith. Thank you, one and all, for supporting The Shambling Mess. And now, let us kill the music. Hey, I remembered to do that in the show instead of having to edit it in later. Look at that. Look at me. Go, me. Retirement seems to be fitting me. Thank you for listening. As always, you can find the show notes up at evilgeniuschronicles.org. You can email me, dave at evilgeniuschronicles.org. You can mastodon this show at that same address, at dave at evilgeniuschronicles.org. You can subscribe to that from any Fediverse client. Isn't that something? Uh, it's uh, amazing. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. I appreciate everything. Thank you for the retirement wishes. Thank everybody for every nice thing they've ever done to me in my life because I really appreciate it. It's what keeps me hanging on by my fingernails to this miserable existence that we all suffer through together. Boy, did I just take a nice thing and make it downer? I think I did. Anyway, as you go out, Oh, I posted this to Mastodon last night. If you got to go to work, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, but a job ain't one. I thought I'd get that on this record. If you got a job and have to go to it, or no job, and you're just living your life, hey, man, and woman, and child, as you go and do that, don't forget that I love you. Goodbye. Hello and welcome to the Evil Genius Chronicles. I am your little podcast buddy, Dave Slusher. <clears throat> welcome to the show. This show is being recorded for October 8th, 2003. What the fuck? <laughs> I've lost my mind. I've been retired two days. I've lost my mind. You can email me, Dave at email. Dot com. <laughs> Every step of fucking adventure.